0: Now, I was given strict instructions not to make any jokes. Our speaker this morning is Jeff Stilwell. Jeff is an Iowa boy transplant from Peru, right? Family missionaries to Peru. He's an MK, that's a missing kid. <laughs> you can't miss him. You really can't, because if you notice any glow of red to, your, to this side of the auditorium, that is where he sits. He is, and he has this standing uh, address. I say, how are you doing, Jeff? And he says, I'm still well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jeff, I've known Jeff 2000, no, beyond 2000. When when did we go to Bethany? 2006, we were done that. I think that's how long we've known Jeff. Cause he was, you were attending then Bethany at the time, weren't you, Jeff? You and your, you and your tribe. And his tribe is now he has... Uh, Empty nest syndrome. And uh, all his kids are out and about. One's at Faith. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I, she, I get to see her every once in a while. I'll go up to Faith and I'll see this redhead walking around town. I'm around that but that's all right. But it's good to have you, Jeff. I'm asking to fill in. He's uh, a dear friend, your brother. And I know you're going to be blessed by his... I, I, I don't want to bring it up, but it's part of his life. The Lord recently has taken his loved one at home. The Lord need, need her more than you did, Jeff. That's about it. And uh, she was a sweet, godly lady. Sweet as sweet could be, because she loved the Lord. She loved the Lord. She loved her family. She loved her church. She, did a, she was a, 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 the epitome of love, and that's what a Christian is, a person who loves and loves the Lord more than anything else. Now she's with him. But Jeff is here, and he's going to share with us from the Word. So come at this time, Jeff. I didn't hope I didn't hurt you too much, but uh, <laughs> Lord bless you. No, thank you, Jim.
1: Got, we got sound now? All right, good. I was hoping you guys wouldn't hear me. You'd be better off that way. <laughs> um, yes, I grew up in Peru, South America. Um, my folks are missionaries down there. In fact, all my brothers and my sister are all missionaries down there. I'm the, I'm the only one up here. I'm the black sheep of the family. So um, I got saved when I was 14. Got baptized shortly after that uh, down in Peru. Uh, it was... Uh, we got bat- I got baptized in a river. Uh, and it was the dry season, so the water didn't even go up to my knees. So we put a bunch of rocks across the river to, uh, this is one of the funny things that happened to me, uh, across the river to kind of dam it up to get enough water. Well, it still didn't go above my knees. So we said, well, we're going to go with it anyway. <laughs> so, so they dunked me under, okay, and my mom took a picture of me with me submerged. And my knees were still sticking out of the water, so my knees never got immersed. Okay. But when I came back up out of the water, the water kind of poured and sprinkled on my knees. So I've been immersed, poured, and sprinkled. I've done it all, folks. So if there's any debate, any questions, I got it all covered. I'm good to go. Okay, <laughs> I met my wife down there. She was an MK as well. And we got married shortly after high school. And um, uh, we have uh, five children with us. We have eight children in heaven. Uh, We lost eight children to miscarriage and my wife always talked about wanting to see her children or eight children someday. And on July 22nd, the day of this year, um, my daughter's granddaughter's third birthday, my wife went home to be with the Lord and see her eight children for the first time. And she is much, much more happier than I am. So I praise the Lord for that. Uh, The funeral was on our 34th anniversary uh, July 31st and then in two weeks October 16th which would have been my wife's 55th birthday my youngest daughter's getting married so it's just it's just co- not coincidence it's just amazing how God has put this all together and I just think that God has a plan and a purpose in what he is doing and uh, before my wife passed away I, I told her that when she passed away, I will need to be in God's Word all all the more. And one of the things that helps me to be in God's Word is, guess what? Going out preaching. Because I have another reason to be in God's Word. I still have my devotions, I still read the Bible, but uh, preaching gets me, drives me to the Word of God again. So you folks have been a blessing to me already. And I hope that the preaching of God's Word is not because of me, but because of God's word, it'll be a blessing to you guys. So let's pray to that end, okay? I'm going to pray. You guys pray in your heart. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, give you wisdom, give you discernment, and what God has, to, has for us to, uh, this morning, and just pray that God's word will speak to you. Okay, Let's pray. Father, I thank you that your word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, and it can pierce our hearts, it can pierce our, our, our own traditions, our own culture, our own thinking, and, and make it right. Show us where we're wrong and conform us to the Word of God. And Lord, I just pray that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you fill each believer here with the Holy Spirit. Give them wisdom, give them discernment and understanding, and uh, that we would come away Uh, learning more about who christ is and what his plan is for the church and that christ is going to build this church and he is not going to fail and at the same time realize that we have some responsibilities so lord help us to have an open heart a discerning heart and to accept the teaching god's word uh this morning christ's name i pray amen i just want to make a disclaimer just because of this message doesn't mean that I have covered all the bases of Christ building his church, okay? There, there are many more avenues, many more topics, verses, and, and, and tentacles that you can go off on this topic. But one of the issues in my life, and maybe it's with your life too, is all these people in the jungles of South America or in the safari of Africa or out in Australia, in the middle of nowhere, and we have not sent missionaries out there, are we guilty? Do you feel guilty because you didn't go to the ends of the world to build the church? And sometimes as Christians, we feel that guilt, don't we? When we think on our side of things, we feel guilty. I want us to see what Christ is doing. Okay, in Matthew chapter 16, and by the way, I'm going to go all through the Bible in all different directions. So if you don't like that, my apologies. <laughs> but I like studying the Bible, okay? I just, I, I'm fine with just being in one chapter, but I like going all over the places. It keeps me, If I'm down there, it keeps me awake, and if I'm up here, it keeps me on tune, okay? So we're going to go all through the Bible, but I want us to start in Matthew 16, verse 18, okay? You guys probably know this verse. But uh, I'm just going to read it. It's in the context of Jesus being with his disciples and he asking them, who do you think uh, people say that I am? And some people say, you're John the Baptist, you're Jeremiah, you're another prophet. And Jesus asked Peter and the disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. Okay? And then in verse uh, verse 18 or verse 17, let's start with 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Notice who revealed to Peter that Jesus was the Christ. It was God the Father. Peter did not come to that conclusion on his own wisdom, his own understanding. It was God the Father that revealed that to him. And in verse 18 he says, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I, Jesus, will build my church. Guess who's building his church, folks? It's not me and you. It's Jesus. And he has it all under control. And my God, who is so sovereign, he knows every single individual who's out there in the jungles of of, uh, Brazil or Peru or out there in Africa, in the middle of nowhere, he knows where that lost soul is. And he knows how to get the gospel to them one way or another. Uh, My parents are missionaries, so guess what we did during devotions a lot of time? Not only did we read the Bible, we read a lot of missionary stories. Okay? I remember a story, and I, I was so young I don't remember all the details, but this missionary was going to the jungles of South America, I believe, or maybe in Africa, I don't know where. Okay? I can't remember exactly. But he wanted to go into this inner region where he knew the gospel had not reached there as far as he knew. And he wanted to reach to this tribe. He got to this tribe, went down river, got to this tribe. And all of a sudden, when he got there, he realized, though they didn't have many Bibles or anything like that, they knew about God, and they knew about Jesus, and they had put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he started understanding, starting to search out how did this happen— what happened, put the whole story together, up river, a little young boy or a young man had received the word of God, I think it was a New Testament. And when he took that Bible to his tribe, the people and the witch doctors of his tribe didn't want him to have that Bible. So he went to the river bed and he would go and he would hide his Bible underneath a rock. And then when nobody was watching, he'd go down to the river bed, pull that Bible out, he would read it put it back under the rock, go back home, and that's how he read the Bible. One day, it rained, it poured, and the river went up, and the next morning, the next day, when he went to the riverbed, guess what? His Bible had been washed away. He was very disappointed, but guess what happened? That Bible went downstream, and a man on the other tribe downriver river was looking in the river, and he saw this sling, this thing floating there, and it got his curiosity, so he went out into the river, he picked up that Bible, brought it home, had no idea what it was, he found somebody to read it to them, they started reading the New Testament, and most of the people in that tribe came to know Christ as a Savior. So let me ask you, can Christ build this church without me and you? Yes, he can. And God knows where every lost soul on this universe is, and he knows how to get the gospel to them. And look at what it says there in the last part of verse 18, or the middle part. I, Christ, will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All the powers of devil, all the deeds of the demons working against us, even the world working against the church, guess what? I know it's a menace to us (laughs) and we would just assume that the devil was on hold and God would put him away once and for all but guess what? All the powers of the devil and the demons in the world cannot stop Christ building his church. He will succeed one way or another. Now some of us may ask, well, if Christ is building his church, won't more people be coming to Christ? Because let's be honest my church in Bethany now it's the Lathe Baptist Church we would like to see more people come to Christ you would probably like to see the same thing here more people come to Christ so if Christ is building his church why aren't more people getting saved well let me tell you this story remember the story of Jonah how many people in Israel wanted to go to preach the gospel to the Ninevites nobody did even the prophet Jonah did not want to go over there and preach the gospel or preach the good news that they were going to, if they didn't repent, they were going to be destroyed. But guess who did? It was God, and God got Jonah kicking and screaming and hooting and hollering, fussing the whole way there. He got him there, and though Jonah was half-heartedly—I wouldn't even say he half-heartedly—preached that word, that sentence, in forty days, Jonah, uh, Nineveh shall be destroyed. His heart was not there at all. He didn't even want to do it. But he half-heartedly preached that word, and guess what? From the king to the lowest person, they all repented. Can God use a a stubborn prophet to build his church? Yes, he can. Can God use me and you to build his church? Yes, he can. And he will put us wherever he thinks we are needed to build his church. So how is Christ building his church? Well, one of the ways is the Great Commission, right? We all know about that in the Gospels. It's a Great Commission that Christ, after he arose from the dead, he, he, uh, he told the 12 disciples to go out and preach the Gospel. You see it in Acts chapter 1 as well. Um, one of the interesting things about that, a lot of people criticize the disciples because they didn't go to the ends of the world. And they kind of stayed in Jerusalem for a while. Well, in Acts chapter one, what did Jesus tell the disciples? He told them, "You go in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then unto the ends of the world." So they did their job. They stayed in Jerusalem first where they were supposed to be, then little by little, they went to Judea and then Samaria and the other parts of the world, and eventually, if we look into every life of the disciples, they did go across this world one I think it was Andrew went to India or China another one went down to Africa and yada 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 but they did their job and they started at home first because that's what Jesus told them to do so we got the great commission now you got to understand something about Jesus did he have only 12 disciples or did he have more he had a bunch more he had the 70 and then he had other disciples besides that why didn't he commission the 70 to go as well at the end of his uh, time here on earth. Guess what? Jesus doesn't need 70. He just needs 12. And he's good with that. Now, can he send a lot more? He probably did. Maybe he did later on. I don't know. But guess what? We kind of got this idea that God needs a big, huge, humongous group of people to evangelize. Guess what? Sometimes God just needs 12. I want us to go to another story where Christ was building his church And that is in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And I'm sure we all know this story. This is where Saul gets commissioned. Acts chapter 13. Saul has been saved. Now he's in the church up in Antioch. And in Acts chapter 13 verse 1 it says... Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, okay? There were prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was also called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted right there in the church in Antioch during the responsibilities of being prophets and teachers, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. The Holy Spirit is calling them, and He says, Separate them unto the work that I have called them to. And when they, the church, had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. And so they, Barnabas and Saul, so they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And I want us to know verse 5. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they also had John to the minister. Remember what happened to John? They go on this mission trip, and partway through it, they don't get very far, and all of a sudden John decides to go, you know what, I'm done, I'm going back to Jerusalem. Was John a failure? Paul was pretty irked with him. In fact, on the second missionary journey, Barnabas wanted to take John with him, and Paul said, no way. John's not going with us because he left us. Not to criticize Paul, I'm not criticizing John, but let me point out this. Who did the Holy Spirit call? Saul and Barnabas. Did he call John? John. No, he didn't. I don't think it was wrong for John to go with them to see the missionary work. I think it's a great thing if every church sends some people down to see missionaries and see what they're doing. I think it's an awesome thing. Believe me, when I was at Altoona, we sent missionary trips down to Peru where my folks were. Every single believer that I know that went on these mission trips, they came back changed and blessed. Okay? And I think it would be awesome for each of us to go to a missionary, not a missionary in Hawaii or Tahiti. <laughs> but, cold, I mean, you can, okay? There, there are missionaries work there, too. But what I'm saying, you go to missionary work in Africa or in a third world country, you will come back a not only a better Christian, but a better American. Let's just put it that way. So I'm not against John going with them, even though the Holy Spirit had a burden in his heart. But you got to realize, why do these missionaries go to third world countries and they stay the course no matter what happens to them? It's because the Holy Spirit has called them and they are burdened and they are set on doing this because the Holy Spirit tugs at the heart. If you and I just decide, you know what, let's just go be a a missionary in, in Iraq or Afghanistan, I guarantee we probably won't last. But... If the Holy Spirit burdens your heart to go to Iraq or Afghanistan, I bet you you will stay the course no matter what. Because the Holy Spirit is firing up your heart to stay there and be true to Him. So I'm not against missions. I'm a missionary kid. I love missions. <laughs> if it was my way, I call all of you to be missionaries. But that's not all necessarily God's calling. Okay? Not all of us are called to be a missionary. Not all of us are called to be a pastor. But what is our responsibility as a believer? Do we have a responsibility right here? You know what? I think we do. And I have three things that I think God can enlighten us and help us to understand what our responsibilities are. And before I get to these three points, I want us to go to Matthew chapter 10. Because I think it's very important that we as a body of believers right here see this. Matthew chapter 10. I told you I'd be all over the Bible. <laughs> Matthew 10, verse 40 and 42. Matthew 10, verses 40 to 42. Jesus is talking here, and he says, He that receiveth you, and this is after Jesus sends the 12 out to go out to different towns and cast out demons and heal the blind and et cetera like that. He says... He that receiveth you receiveth me. He that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me, that is, God the Father. So in other words, as these disciples are going out, if they go into a town or a city and somebody takes them in, he that received the disciple had received Jesus, had received God the Father. In other words, he's accepting them, he's, he's, um, shall we say, he's complimenting them on their work and being one with them in their ministry. Verse 41, he that receiveth a prophet, in the name of a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man, in the name of a righteous man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only or simply in the name of a disciple, Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. You know what this passage is telling me? Even though you are not a missionary or a pastor or a professor, when a missionary comes to your home and you invite them in and you provide a meal with them, guess what? You are participating in their ministry, and if the missionary gets a reward, so do you if a missionary comes to your church and you financially support them and you financially help them and their needs here and abroad and you pray for them diligently, you are are a participant of that missionary's missionary work and if they get a reward, so do you. You support your pastor, praying for him, upholding him. Guess what? I think you get a pastor's reward. I think that's what it's saying. You can ask just about any missionary how well they 'll do over on the field without churches back here supporting them, and guess what they won 't make it they won 't make it there. So are you vital to the work of Christ and him building this church? Absolutely, folks, yes, you are. You have a very, very big part in it, and so I just want you to let you know if you think that just coming to church and tithing and praying for missionaries is not much, folks. You ask the missionaries if, if that's nothing. And a true, sincere missionary would come back here and appreciate what you guys are doing in supporting them. And according to the word of God, you will have a reward for doing that. Here are three things I think uh, we as Christians can do right here in our community. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Matthew five, 16. You all know this verse is very common. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Simple little command. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Do you know that the unsaved are watching you every day? At home, in your community, at work, wherever you are, when you get up Sunday morning and every single Sunday morning at 9, whenever it is, you leave your home and you come here, guess what? Your neighbors are watching you. I'm not saying that to put a guilt trip on you. I'm just saying they know something about you and they are watching. When my wife passed away, there's a lot of my coworkers because of we just go to work and work, we, we hardly talk. Okay, we just, we just hardly talk. Hi, how you doing? And it's to work. So I don't get much chance sometimes to talk to these people. At PDI, I do. At UPS, not too much. Some of my coworkers, I get to talk to them at PDI about the Lord because we work together for four hours, and it's just, it's just great. Okay, UPS, not so much. But when my wife passed away and the word got around that she passed away, I came back to work, and one guy who I've never talked to him about the things of the Lord came up to me and said, Jeff, I... I I'm sorry about your loss. I said, well, you know, I, I said, I'm, I'm doing okay. We talked a little bit. I said, I said God has just given me peace. I said, That's the only thing I can explain. God has just given me peace. And he said, your faith is strong. I never told this guy I went to church. I never told this guy I read my Bible every day. I never told this guy anything like that. He just saw in me that my faith was, was strong folks I'm not boasting about myself folks I'm just saying that's what God can do through you as you simply let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father is your testimony making an impact in your community yes they may never come up to you but guess what you are leaving an example In your word, in your deed, in your conduct, they are watching you. So number one, be an example because they are watching you. Number two, first uh, uh, Matthew, sorry, Matthew, just a few pages over. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 and 38. This is another thing that Christ told us. Okay? The same Jesus that said, let your light so shine before men is the same Jesus in verse and chapter 9, verse 30, let's just go to verse 38. Pray ye, or let's go to, sorry, let's go to 37. Then says he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. God knows that the harvest is great and that the laborers are few. But what he does not say is, okay, let's just go hurry up and start making disciples and making missionaries. Let's just send them out everywhere. He doesn't say that. He says, pray ye therefore the Lord, the master, the supreme one, the one who brings in the harvest. Pray that he will send forth laborers into his field. That is something every single one of us should be praying. It's a command from God. It's a command from Jesus just simply start praying that God will send forth laborers into this field. The third point. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Let God rule in your heart so that you can let your light soul shine before men. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you and do it with meekness and fear. It's great to know verses in the Bible about the Bible says I'm a sinner the Bible says Christ is going to come, and, and he, or Christ came and died for our sins. By simply putting your faith in Lord Jesus Christ, you can accept Christ as your Savior. It's good to know all those, virus, not, those verses I'm not minimizing in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I have found out I can talk about God one, with one another, with unsaved people. And if, if, if I'm just using my reasoning and their reasoning, it usually goes nowhere. But if I point to the verses in the Bible, all of a sudden it kind of shuts them down. That's how powerful the Bible is. So I'm I'm encouraging you to know these verses in the Bible about the plan of salvation. But I've also noticed something else will shut the critics down. If I simply start telling them my testimony, how that I was a sinner, I did bad things, and yet at the day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, God gave me peace, God transformed my life, God did wonders in my life, guess what? Nobody to this day has been able to argue against that. You know why? Because they can see Christ shining through me. And they have seen that change. And guess what, folks? If you're a believer, they can see that change in you too. Because if you are saved, you have been changed from what you were in the past. God has changed you. And they can see that. And if you simply, if you don't know how to answer them from the word of God or anything else, just simply tell them, this is what I was, and now I'm this because Jesus died for me. It's that simple, folks. It's really that simple. So I want to encourage you, folks, three things. Let your light shine before men. You don't have to make a big effort on it. Just just let your light, just let Christ shine through you. Just be kind, just be loving at work, at play, with your friends, wherever it is. Just be loving like Christ is to you. Let your light shine. Number two, be praying that God calls people to the field. And by the way, if God calls you to go to the mission field, just go. You know why? Because God's going before you, and he's preparing the way, and he wants you there, and he has a work for you. So be happy if God calls you. Don't, don't fear what's out there. Just Go if God calls you to go to your neighbor and just tell him about the Lord or just bring him a meal or just invite him over for a grill out, if God is laying that in your heart, just do it because God is going before you. He's preparing the way for you. And last of all, sanctify the Lord God in your heart and just be ready to share your testimony with the lost. Sometimes that's all they need to hear is to know why are you different? And you just tell us because God has saved me from my sins. Sometimes that's all they need to hear. So remember the three things? Let your light shine. Pray that God will send out laborers and be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies in you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you are a God. That you care for the lost and you are building your church. And Lord, we may, we may think here in the United States that the work is not getting done. We may think that we would like to see more people saved, and, and we all would. But Lord, you are not failing and you are building your church. And if we just let our light shine and we be faithful in praying and we be faithful and just be willing to give our testimony, Lord. We are doing our part, and if we just simply in love and kindness do our part, we will get rewarded, and you will be blessed by what we do. So, Lord, just help us to be faithful to you, because we know, God, you never fail. Christ will never fail in building your church. So, Lord, help us to just be a willing part of your ministry. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.